0: Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you are about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. I'm talking about being filled. We're talking about building His kingdom. Uh, You know, in this series, in this teaching, we'll be talking about building uh, the Bible teaches us that we should seek first, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God, in that, in that good news. So he gives us direction, amen. He says, seek first. Everybody say first. first. Come on, say it again, first. Come on, he says, seek first, is that right? Matthew six thirty three. seek first the kingdom of God. That means with all that you are do, with all you're doing, with your pursuits of life, put Christ Put the kingdom in front. Seek first. And he compared it all to the things that we do in life. He says he knows that you have need of all the things just like everybody in the world needs. He didn't say put those things first. He said put the kingdom first. Isn't that right? I didn't say it. Jesus said it. Amen? I'm just doing what he told me to do. Make disciples. To teach and observe the things that we've been taught the things that he says for us to do, amen, as the body of Christ. And so he tells us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Wow, that's awesome. What a promise. What a promise. Isn't that something? You can't get that from other places in this world, but you get it from God. Amen. And that's where we begin to learn how to walk by faith in every day and all the things that we do. We're going to put our trust in him and watch the grace of God come into our life. Amen. To make those things come to pass. Because we believe God. Amen. Everybody say this with me. I'm a believer. Come on, say it like you mean it. I believe God. I do not doubt. Come on. I'm a believer. Amen. We're believers. We believe God. So the Bible tells you in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus said it like this, talking about the Holy Spirit, which... Pentecost will be coming up pretty shortly. But let me just say it like this. Uh, If you're seeing this today, uh, the Bible says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, maybe you're watching online or however you're seeing this today, I want us to look right now in verse 8. It says, but ye shall receive power. You see that? You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses... You see that? Unto who? Unto him. Both in Jerusalem and Judea. Now that's the nation. That's the nation of Israel right there. They were divided in Judea and Jerusalem at that time. And he says also in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. That's, that's us, amen? Come on, the land down under. Come on. huh? The uttermost part of the earth. So the Bible covers it all. He didn't just say in Israel, in that area in the Middle East, no, he says everywhere that those who call upon the name of the Lord who are saved and who receive the Holy Spirit of God, after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Okay, do you see that? He didn't say in you, he said upon you. See, there's two different workings. There's one that's in you that gives you the new birth, baptizes you into the body of Christ, and there's one that comes upon you. Just as even Paul taught and and come across some guys in the book of Acts, uh, he come across 12 guys and he said, Hey, uh, have you been baptized since you believe? He said, well, we've been in John's baptism for the repentance of sin. Amen. He said, well, have you, re-? no, he actually asked me, have you received the Holy ghost? And, uh, they said to him, "said well, we've not even heard there'd be any, anything more than, than what we've received, you know? And he said, Oh yeah. Yeah. There's more. There's more. And he said, well, uh, let me pray for you. And the Bible says he laid hands on them. They all began to prophesy, praying the Holy ghost. Come on. And he went out in power. They went out in power with dunamis, huh? With dunamis, the power to overcome in this life. Power that gives you something more than what you can just get yourself. Are you hearing me? The Bible says power. So he says you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses. That means you produce evidence. Think about that. Well, that's what witnesses do. They come up and they're going... uh, I've been a witness, Uh, I have seen, I have experienced, I know. Come on, I'm a witness. Jesus said, you'll be witnesses of me. Why? Because there's something that happens when that power gets on you. Huh? Uh, You know, the Bible talks about the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Talking about the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Uh, See, that's what happens. You begin to go and and know things you couldn't know just by, by going to a theology school. Just because you go to Bible school, don't mean you got the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. Just because you, uh, are you with me? Uh, just because you do a Bible study or an online whatever, what, what doesn't matter. Uh, the Bible tells us that the Holy Ghost, the work of the Spirit of God, well, the Bible calls it the very spirit of wisdom. Ephesians chapter one says it like this, in verse seventeen, that the God of the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So is, we're talking about the, the wisdom, spiritual wisdom and revelation comes from the Holy Spirit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. People say, how, how do you know the Bible and do these things? And how do you know well, it's the spirit of wisdom and revelation. It's not me. Are you with me? It's not you. It's the spirit of wisdom if that's working in you. I'm telling you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. What is wisdom? The ability to apply that word correctly. That's what wisdom does. Wisdom gives you the ability to apply things properly. Huh? Sure. Uh, It begins, it helps you understand things and kind of gives you a sense of grounding in the spirit. You know, we talk about uh, just having common sense. Well, we're talking about common spiritual sense and the kingdom of God and the trust of God and the grace of God and the love of God and the power of God. It kind of make it normal. That's what happens. That's what wisdom would do to you. When I say normal, not normal according to the world, but according, according to the word according to the kingdom, according to, to God, and according to the very power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Now, that's what happens when, when that power comes upon you. But you know, once you have received, and this is something that happened years ago to me, uh, I know when I was nine years old and I received the, the very power of the Holy Spirit of God in my life, uh, God called me to preach when I was nine, not long after that, in a very supernatural way. No one talked to me about it. I never heard anybody being called to preach the gospel. I never heard anything like that. It wasn't taught in my church. I never even heard necessarily of these kind of things happening. But something very supernatural happened in my life, and Jesus called me to preach the gospel in a very powerful way. And I didn't understand it. So I went to my pastor about several, a few months later because I was scared. I didn't even tell my mama. You know what I'm saying? I didn't understand it. I, something, I had an experience with God, and I didn't quite understand it. And he talked to me about things. Huh? and uh, I was you know I felt anyhow uh, I could go on and on about that but I went to my pastor at that time and uh, thank God he's a good man uh, in the church I went to uh, but uh, he, didn't, he didn't have that spirit of wisdom and revelation in him either you say well you putting him down I'm not putting him down it's just what, what he had received and he was living at the level that he had and I went and asked him, I said, I was 10 years old at that time, uh, it was a few months later, uh, I went to him and asked him, I said, how did you become a pastor and why did you do it? He looked at me and he said, well, how did I become? I went to a seminary and went to a Bible college that believed in the same way I believed and I got knowledge and then they put me on a list and I went around and I went around to churches and they, they, they wind up, somebody hired me and, I, and that's what he said. Uh, then he said, the reason why I do it is because I, I like people, like working with people, like my family being around good people and I get a car and housing allowance. I'm 10 years old. I'm thinking, man, he's about to tell me what I just experienced, you know. God called me, man. I had, wow, it was amazing, you know. But no, that's not what I heard. So I just kind of stood there, looked at him and thought, okay, not sure what that means. And I walked off. And it stuck with me, as you can tell. But at that time, I didn't understand what a hireling was. And at the same time, the system that he was in was a hireling system. Are you with me? the higher fire kind of thing. Are you with me? Uh, see, there's something different when it comes to the very Holy Spirit of God and the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and the anointing of God and the calling of God and the grace of God and the gifts of God. Uh, they a purpose and they're there to build his church in the kingdom of God. I'm not making anything lighter, lesser of any other people or any other thing, but I am just saying this, there is a difference sometimes in certain areas. It doesn't mean that those places and different places cannot have certain uh, grace and everything else flowing and everything, but I'm just saying what I experienced. And understand according to the word of God. So the Bible says here that you'll receive power. So the Bible says according to this power, verse 17, and this is a prayer that Paul prayed and it's something I think that each and every one of us need to learn to do. Every man and woman of God that I have heard of or known or learned of and was taught by all prayed these prayers over themselves. Are you hearing me? Great men and women that each and every one of us will know today and some that have gone on to be with Jesus And every one of these guys always talked about how they prayed this prayer over themselves. That the God of our Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the very spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Amen. So the Bible tells us that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of his calling, the riches of his glory, of his inheritance. It's within the saints. See, there's something in you. Come on. I said there's something within the body of Christ, and we need to know it. The Bible even tells us that. It tells, us, it tells us that there is a hope of his calling. Amen? Uh, so God wants to give you a hope, an expectation of a good end. We do, that's not based upon what the world is doing. It's based upon what wisdom and revelation that you have. It's based on the knowledge of him. Are you hearing me? So the Bible tells us that when you receive this power, one of the ways it's going to begin to work in your life, is going to give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. You're going to begin to understand things you didn't know about yourself and about God and about the kingdom of God. It's going to begin to show you things that you didn't know before. And there's a lot of things you don't know no matter how long you've been in the church. No matter what seminaries and Bible colleges and all the Bible studies and prayers that you've done, there's still more. Are you hearing me right now? And some things you're going to have to change what you believe. Why? Because when you get the spirit of wisdom and Revelation, it's going to wreck you from being normal, so to speak, in the natural sense of religion. And it's going to turn you into a force that has to be reckoned with in the spirit. Amen. Why? Because you know. You know the truth. And you realize that you're free. And that the gates of hell cannot prevail against you. All of a sudden, you begin to go, you know what, devil? Your time's up. No more. Mm-mm. You're not going to take my family. You're not going to take my community. You're not going to take those people around me. You're not going to take me. You're not going to take anything. No, 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 no. There's a line drawn on the sand now, buddy. Are you with me? Uh, why? Because the, the Bible starts, you, you begin to get a revelation. The Bible begins to come alive to you and begin to speak to you about who you are. You know, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ... If any man be in Christ, if any man, you know what it means by any man? Any man of the earth, that means male or female. Are you hearing me right now? When you see that term man, don't think it's talking about male. He's talking about man, whether it be male or womb man. So the Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation, a new creature. Old things are passed away and all things have become new. This is our first understanding of our identity of who we are in Christ. And we can't lose that. We can't let that go. It's something we have to build upon. It's something that we have to understand and begin to see clearly. And the Bible says that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding will begin to get enlightened. See, there's some things you're not going to know without this power working in you. Are you hearing me? Well, I don't need the Holy Spirit. If God wanted me to have the Holy Spirit, He gave it to me. I've heard people say that, and there's same people say I don't hear God. I don't see the Bible like that. I'm like I understand. There's a reason behind that. You see, the Bible doesn't say that we we need to reject what God is trying to do. No, we need to receive what God's trying to do. I don't want to have I don't want to have anything less than what the blood of Jesus paid for. How about you? if God purchased it for us to give to us and to pour it out upon us and work in us, then why don't we receive instead of reject and try to mentally assent to some kind of form of God that we want to create for ourselves and how we want to live our life that's convenient for us and how we see it. Why don't we let the word of the spirit of wisdom and revelation speak to us and say, God, I'm going to believe you over how I feel about it, how I see it. Don't you think that would probably be the wisest thing to do? Because every one of us will stand before God and give an account for what we did and did not do in this body. You love me? My wife tells me to smile more. (laughs) Amen. I am am teaching in love, trust me. I'm not not trying to throw stones or anything like that. I pray that the Holy Ghost is is giving you something here. So the Bible says that you may, may know. See, there are some things until that spirit of wisdom is working in you that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you don't know yet. But when it does, all of a sudden, whoa, I know. Oh, I know something. Mmm, I know something I didn't know before. Wow, I thought, wow, oh, wow, wow. Mmm. Come on. Because the work of the blood of Jesus and that covenant that you have is so far greater oftentimes than the knowledge we have already or that we've learned. And God wants to give you more. So what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Wow. Oh, glory to God. There's something that God's going to receive from us. There's an inheritance that belongs to God. You see that? Not only are we his inheritance, but there's something that he deposits in us. That begins to become a reality and something that we'll lay before God. Things that we have done. The Bible says there are rewards and other things that you do in this life, how you conduct yourself, what you say, how you live, how you witness, how you receive from God, how you believe God. The Bible says without faith, I said it a while ago, it's impossible to believe, it's impossible to please God. So there's a connection. Even the Bible tells us, in Romans chapter 8, speaking about walking in the spirit and out to the flesh, says if you walk in the flesh, you cannot please God. So walking by faith is walk in the Spirit. When you walk in the Spirit, you're walking by faith. When you're walking by faith, you're walking on the level of the knowledge that you have received by the enlightenment of the Word and the Spirit of God that's come upon you to do and to act it out. That's what the wisdom of God is because we act like the Bible is true because we believe God. Amen? Is this okay? Amen. We're digging a little bit, aren't we? Kind of deeper, you know, a little bit more. Amen. So praise God. So the Bible tells us uh, in verse 19, it says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? You see, there's a connection to that work happening. Believe it. And what is the exceeding greatness to his power to us who, to usward who what? Believe. We're not just trying to, look, there's a lot of people who believe that Jesus is. There's a lot of people that believe in God. Even the Bible says Satan and the demons do that. But he's talking about believing him. That's what we're talking about. Like Abraham, he believed God. Think about it. And he received the promises. Why? Because he believed it. When did he receive the promise? The moment he believed. When did he receive it? The moment he believed. Even though it was many years before the manifestation, the Bible says between the time of manifestation and the time he believed God, what did he do? He was strong in faith, giving glory to God. That's what the Bible says. He was strong in faith. Giving how do you get strong in faith? Giving glory to God, giving praise to God, but saying what God says. Hey, God, I believe you. Ha ha ha. You might not see it, but you, you see it already in the eye of faith because God has spoken to it, has revealed it to you through the spirit of wisdom and revelation, and therefore you believe God. And so what do you do? There's some things you cannot do and, and make it happen. Come on, he's the performer, you're the believer. And, and so what we do is we believe God. And in the time of waiting, the Bible says that in the time and the testing and the trial of your faith, what does it say? Count it all joy. Amen. He's not saying count it all joy for the test. He's saying count it all joy because you believe God. He's not saying, oh, I accept and I just receive all of this bad stuff. Oh, no, you know, somehow some kind of pious little religious thing. No, no, you believe God. You say, well, that might be coming against me. It's a trial and test of my faith. It's just a test, but I'm going to pass it because I already know. I know the answer. Think about it. Wouldn't it be cool in every test you took, you already knew the answer before you took the test? It's not cheating. God designed it that way. He designed for you to know the, through the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Why? Because you believe and according to the working of his mighty power that he wrought in Christ. Think about this. This power that he demonstrated, he put something on the inside of you. He's going to put something on top of you. He's going Listen, we're called to be supernatural change agents in this world. Uh, and that's why we're called to be leaders in the kingdom and in this world. The Bible tells us that we should be people who are rising in certain areas of our life. And we should be people who put our trust in God in, in areas that's beyond our ability and understanding. Uh, God will take you a lot further than you can go yourself. Is this okay? So the Bible says this. He says at verse nineteen, "What is exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe, according to the working of His mighty power?" Man, that's just cool. I love how He communicates about this power, this exceeding greatness according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and seated him at his own right hand in heavenly places. So something happened in the spiritual realm for you and I when that happened in Christ. Therefore if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. I remember years ago, somebody uh, invited me over for a barbecue at their house, and I am obliged. I said, I'd love to go. You know, let's get, a, let's get a snag and a burger and a steak or whatever. You know, whatever it might be, let's do it, man. And he said, great, because you know, I like to eat. You know what I'm saying? So uh, he invited me over, but I didn't know he was inviting somebody else over. You know what I'm saying? So what happened was he invited somebody else over that he was trying to witness to, and this person uh, had a lot of ideas about things. And they come over and they sit down. And so they started asking me questions. It's kind of a setup, you know what I mean? And I was like, thanks, mate. You know? But uh, so, uh, you know, so I'm trying to eat my, my, my steak and I'm getting questioned about stuff, you know? And that's okay, praise God. And they asked me, uh, they said, so what is Christianity? I just looked at them and said, what's a new species of being? <laughs> they said, hmm? I said, yeah. People who are born of God, it's a new species of being on the planet. Hmm. Think about it. You're a new creature. Old things have passed away. That's not just like, you know, the problems you used to have and all that. No, he's talking about that you're now a child of God. Think about it. Oh, we're all the children of God on the planet. No, we're not. There's two kingdoms. There's two kinds of people. Those who have been born of God and those who are not. We're not talking about the reproductive ways that man who was created in God's own image and likeness. All mankind is in God's image and likeness. That's why we need to honor and respect that uh, throughout the world. But at the same time, you have been born again not of corruptible seed but incorruptible by the word of God. That's not such some kind of uh, hyper, you know, uh, intelligent form of, of trying to communicate in an analogy of something. No, Jesus said it like this. A man must be born again to enter into the kingdom of God. And that's why he said you must be born of the spirit. What's born of the flesh is flesh. What's born of the spirit is spirit. Are you hearing me right now? That's why the Bible tells us that his seed remains in you. The word of God is the incorruptible seed of of God. That's why his words have power because they have a creative force that when you believe on what God said, then you're going to see the performance of that no matter if it's nine months, 10 months, 21 years, Abraham, or whatever it might be. What God has promised will come to pass because you believe and it's according to the working of his mighty power. So when God set Jesus at his right hand, something happened in the spirit that changed everything that brought a great divide where death no longer had dominion, where the power of Satan no longer had dominion over the people who received salvation. Salvation is a beautiful thing. You've been bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. You've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. You've been bought back. You are now the children of the Most High God. Isn't that something? Is this okay? I know it's Sunday morning, and I'm just kind of teaching for a moment. But I believe it's important. So I'm going to close with the next couple of verses. Far above all principality and power, might, and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. So nothing changes. When I say nothing changes, what I mean by this is is what God did in Christ will not pass away. What God's doing in you will not pass away. See, his word will never pass away. When that word is alive in you because you're a child of the word. Jesus, the Bible says, was the word made flesh and that seed is inside of you today. You are a child of God. You're a child of that. You've been born again, not of corruptible, but incorruptible by the word of God. Anybody know that scripture out of Peter? Anyhow, so he goes on to say, and he put all things under his feet. He didn't put some things. He didn't put a couple of things. put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. You know, it's so important today when we understand the building of the kingdom of God, he's going to build you. Amen? Because we are members of his body, one together. We are his people. We are a chosen people, a holy nation, a royal priesthood. Come on. You are and have been delivered out of the kingdom of darkness and been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. You have rights and heirs. You have benefits inside this kingdom based on the blood and covenant of Jesus Christ, which you have in you today. By your faith, by what you believe, by what you say, by what you know, letting the spirit of wisdom and revelation to work in you according to the word of God and the truth first of who you are. If you get a hold of who you are, when it comes to that no longer does this world and the things of this world, not even your own education, will dictate to you how far you can go. No, what does dictate to you how far you will go in life, in this life? The Bible says that we rule and re-reign in life, in life through one, Jesus Christ. That means when you are a child of the living God, it takes the limits off. It takes all the barriers off. And you can be encouraged and have courage that all things are possible to those who believe. And if you declare yourself to be a believer, it's a good thing that you say, tell yourself that every day. I believe. Come on. I believe God. You know, many years ago, that was something I used to practice. I'd stand in the mirror and I'd look at myself deep into my eyes and I said, you know, you believe. I believe God. Are you hearing me? I'm a believer. I'm not a doubter. Come on, that's who we are. We're believers. We believe God. You know, the greatest hope that you'll ever have in life is knowing the hope that God has done in you in Christ. When you get a revelation and an understanding of that, you'll find that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every voice that rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn for it is the heritage of the people of God. You'll find out that when the gates of hell try to come against you, the councils of the principalities, powers, mights, and dominions, and other things that try to come against you, the Bible says they cannot, they shall not, they cannot prevail. Isn't that good news? So what today is the limit that you have in your mind concerning who you are? what God can do, what he set you free from. Well, as you begin to grow in the knowledge of God, you'll begin to understand the very truth of the reality of what God has done in Christ for you. And when you understand that, when you begin to get a glimpse and you begin to get this understanding on the inside of you, you begin to see yourself free. Even though sometimes your feelings, your flesh and your mind and your enemies and other things around you I try to say, you're not free, I'm not going to let you go. And you say, well, you have no choice in the matter. Because you're under my feet, because I've been seated together in heavenly places in Christ myself. Are you hearing me right now? That's your position today as a believer, as a child of living God. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church Ministry. And messages.